Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Inside Out. I am very excited to be interviewing a local girl, Jackie, today. Now, Jackie is a proud Novocastrian living her living her life in Newcastle for the majority of her life. After spending a few years living in Melbourne, pursuing her then goal of working in public relations, she missed the beach and her friends and family and made the move back to her hometown, Newcastle. She then met her now husband, Brent, and a few years later achieved her life goal of starting a family. First, she had beautiful Layla, who is now two. And when little Layla was only three months old, found out she was pregnant again with the beautiful Zalia, who is now almost one. She's currently living a very busy life with two kids under two. And today I sit down with Jackie to chat on all the things motherhood, raw and wonderful. And we hear about her latest endeavor as a participant in Newcastle's Dancing with the Stars and why she is stepping completely outside of her comfort zone to raise money for Cancer Council. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that you're here. So before we dive into some big topics and questions about life and motherhood and pregnancy and birth and all the fun stuff, I would love if you could just share a little on you, who you are, where you're from. Go for it. Sure. So my name's Jackie. I'm 35 now. I can't believe it. 35. Um, I'm a wife, Brent's wife, um, mum to obviously, like you said, Layla and Zalia, life's very busy. Um, we've just built our first home, which is very exciting. So still backyard and everything's not completely finished, but really nice for the girls to have like a nice new home and space because we yes. were in for that. So really, really good. Happy out here. Um, yeah, I'm just Amazing. busy. Yeah. <laughs> So busy motherhood of two, especially under two would be chaos for you. I've got Jesse and Lola who, you know, are 18 months apart, one and a half and three and a bit. And it is just full on. It is like having twins. So I can't imagine with the close age that your girls are, it's, it would just be like having twins, right? I think it would have been probably easy. I don't know. I'm not like actually a twin mum. So, but it's just so hectic. Like you get through one stage with one, but then the next one's going through it. So I know it's yeah. fucking wild. So what did life look like for you before motherhood? Before motherhood was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like a good time. Fred yeah. uh, and I like, yeah, just freedom. Selfish life about you. It was, yeah. Like life's obviously so nice now and so rewarding, but completely different it, it is hey and it's hard I think with that transition initially when you step outside of that selfish lifestyle I guess is that's just what what me and my husband Steve lived as well we um he has his girls half and half but every second week we had just us so it was that going out cocktails going to nice drink um restaurants and things like that and having all these amazing experiences and then you become a mum well you fall pregnant so one of you isn't drinking which makes it not so fun for both of you right that's not as enjoyable <laughs> And I'm sure we, I'm pretty sure you would have been like me hormonally where you, I was like, you're not drinking if I'm not. I had FOMO like constantly. Brent yeah. did drink my first pregnancy, but second time around we had Layla, so he didn't drink. But yeah. first, 
the worst FOMO. I was like, hurry up, get this baby out. I know. And it's not fun because like you go from being a, in a selfish lifestyle to doing all the things to doing nothing. And you're like, well, if I'm in this, you created this with me. This is on us. This, we're a team, man. <laughs> and we lived on Derby Street. Of all the nightlife. Very difficult. <laughs> oh my God. That would have been really tempting as well. Like, I remember I had a dream once when I was pregnant and I woke up in a fret because I thought it was real that I'd gone out and I've just like sloshed myself and be like, I don't care. I don't care that I'm pregnant. Like I'm not missing out. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, I can't believe I did that. And then I realized I wasn't. I'm like, is my FOMO that bad? (laughs) That can't be normal. That's awesome. Well, I I think we really um, relate with you guys in that regard with that big shift and transition, right? Yeah. And you're Finally got the hang of it now, but it's taken two. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't got the hang of it. I still get FOMO. Yes, so do I. <laughs> we, we need to normalize FOMO in motherhood and not wanting oh. to have our kids. I think that's fine. <laughs> right? Motherhood has a really big way of bringing a new identity into our lives. We birth our babies, but we also rebirth who we are as women. Can you share your experience with this season and how you have shifted personally from who you once were to who you are today? Yeah, so I've, I feel like I've changed a lot. Um, like I said, I'm not as self. I didn't see myself as selfish before, but obviously, no, it, is, it is just about you. Then where now, like I'm last in line. You know, it's friend the kids. Everyone's before me, but I still try and practice self care and all of that. But definitely less selfish. I used to be very like planned, organized. Everything was to a schedule. If something didn't like, you know, I was doing this at ten, this ten thirty. If things didn't go to my schedule, I'd get like really anxious, I guess. When now, mm. I'm just, if I say I'm going to be there at 10, it's probably going to be 11. I have two kids. Like it's just yeah. more relaxed, even though I'm not relaxed because I've got two kids, but relaxed in a way that I don't put so much pressure on myself with things, I think. Mm. And I also married Brent, who's like the most chilled human, which is so good for me because yeah. I'm naturally that person. So, motherhood has changed me like I think definitely for the better I'm a lot more I think sensitive less selfish you say love in a different way like your definition of love changes I think if that makes sense like I don't know you just love these little humans so much it's crazy like yeah 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 I totally resonate with that I feel like for me I shifted in terms of like, I've also had a lot of unpacking to do of my own inner child work and stuff, like things that come up that I now recognize as a mom. I'm like, oh, my dad didn't do this. Why? Why? When I do it so naturally, why doesn't that, why didn't that come to him? Or why why didn't I have this experience? Or why did I have this experience? And I feel like being a parent also brings up lots of triggers for you as well to go and work through and unhealed emotions that you didn't realize that you had. And then it's teaching and, and being that that patience that level of patience that comes into being a mum um and presence so for yeah. me I, I really struggle with sitting down playing trains i've voiced this before on the podcast i struggle yeah. doing the buildings or sitting i'm not a craft mum. i see your girls painting and oh I'm like, i don't, I, don't I do not have a choice it's craft all day every day yeah. my mom says she said that's exactly what i was like as a kid like it was craft at breakfast it was craft all day it was craft oh. Ten o'clock at night, like Layla, because she's not sleeping at the moment. Went at ten o'clock the other night to the crafter, and I'm like, not no craft at ten o'clock. Like, no. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. See, I'm I'm not that. I can't show up as that, but I can 
prioritize presence in other ways and I can sit and read a book with them or I can sit and watch a movie with them and just try and remind myself that this is what they need from me right now. Um, Whereas before in my life, before children, I wasn't present in myself. I couldn't just sit still. I couldn't sit in my own company. Like now as a mum, if I got to go and have a coffee on my own, I fully know what you mean with that. Like I used to always like people being around me when now I'm like, I just want my own time. Like yeah, works Arvo shift at the moment. So obviously I have the little munchkins running around until they go to bed. But I just, my favourite time of the day, it sounds bad, it should be mm-hmm. with them, but it's just that time to myself like at night sitting and relaxing because you literally just don't get a break. No, you don't. And like I've actually said the same thing to Steve. I, my Best time of day is when I get my shower. Just get the kids away from me so I can shower at night and just be like, oh, let the day go. <laughs> like it's so peaceful yeah. and nice. And but before that alone time in the shower, I would it would be rushed and quick because I'm like, I've got to get back on my phone. I've got to finish watching TV. Like all of these little, I guess, escapism, coping mechanisms so that I was never alone. But now you you are never alone. So you're completely fighting against what you used to fight for. So it's hilarious that that transitional shift comes about in motherhood as well. Even like... I never used to get someone that would go to the movies. I haven't done it yet, but to the movies by themselves. But I would be that person now, I think. Oh, yes, please. (laughs) I'm considering, and I'm saying this openly, I'm considering booking my kids into a fourth day of daycare for no reason other than for me to just do nothing. Well, I I now, so the girls both go, so last year Zalia only went one, but this year they both go three days and then Layla goes one extra day and they, I only have one full day at home with them because mm-hmm. I just needed, like after last year, it was just obviously all so hectic. Mm-hmm. My friend's like, do this for you. So, I mean, some days, you know, you're doing groceries, you clean the house, you, you don't get a full day to just sit and mm-hmm. do nothing, get that bit extra time. Like you know, I can go get my hair done, I can go get a massage, i got a bit more time for me, which... I feel like I'm a better human for it. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful thing to for any woman to have introduced into their motherhood experience and not be apologetic in having that time for yourself because we have a tendency to put ourselves last. That's just something that we all do. Once we have kids, our, our needs, our wants and desires, our dreams and all those things get completely shifted to the last priority. And it's natural. that That is the maternal role, I suppose, in a lot of children's lives. And I guess that's conditioning on our part too, because we watched our mums do that. So we think that's what we need to do. Yeah. But then we're becoming this version of, of a martyr where we want to be the martyr and have to do everything for everyone. And then we become resentful along the way yeah. and unhappy along the way. And we start saying and seeing things differently and being frustrated at the world for not giving us time on our own. Like if we can introduce, if I had a baby tomorrow, yeah. I think that I, the one thing I would change is, being okay with getting more support and being okay with yeah. putting them in daycare once a week yeah. and giving myself that time to breathe. Yeah. Well, I have such great support. Like my parents always are always helping out. Brent's mum's not in Newcastle. She's in parks, but hopefully moving soon. But, um, yeah, I definitely have had good support and they both went to daycare only one day a week, but at six months. But just definitely this extra day this year is just seriously life-changing I think you've sold me I think I'm gonna go and do it (laughs) right away it's seriously so good oh my goodness yeah Jesse's just at such that hard age three-nager it is full on I thought two was hard and then he turned three and he's just like he's turning that little nozzle up (laughs) worse please (laughs) I think it gets worse they've got to be 15 yet I think that'll come back and bite us in the ass for all the stuff we did 
a hundred my mom kept saying it gets worse wait till 15 I'm like it can't like she's like wait because I was obviously a little bit of a um adventurous teenager (laughs) (laughs) and the fact that I've got two girls like a year apart they're going to be sneaking out together they'll be doing all this they're not going to get anything (coughs) done at all so gosh we have it in for us don't we we sure do. Definitely do. So I know that you are a lover of health and fitness and I was interested to know what was your experience with the physical changes that your body went through in pregnancy? For me, it was such a big mental shift because I was so passionate about going to the gym, looking after myself, doing heavy lifts, running, burpees, like all the things that I love to do. I suddenly was completely removed and out of my control. How did you go with that emotionally? Yeah, that was definitely tough. Um, it took me a while to slow down, but then I guess I second time around I had another child, so I just didn't even really have time for it at the beginning. Mm. But with Layla, it was definitely hard, and in pregnancy, hard. Like you couldn't do the things that you're used to doing, and even like I train at Airlocker now, which is altitude training. I don't actually know if you can do it pregnant, but I just didn't want to put my body through that, you know, when I was pregnant. So definitely a lot of changes and a lot more walking and things like that. But Brent literally used to have to push me up the hill at Merriweather because I was so exhausted. I couldn't even get up that hill <laughs> laughing at us. Um, but yeah, my body feels obviously back to normal now. And now the kids are in daycare more. I feel like I've got my balance back with that, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well- myself again, it's taken two years, but um, I feel like I'm back there now. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. And it's ebbs and flows. I mean, like it's seasonal when they're teething and season, like Lola's teething at the moment and we haven't slept for three nights or longer than that actually. And I'm about to drop Jesse's dummy, just go cold turkey. So we're not going to sleep for a few nights after that. And I'm like preparing for that. And you just got to some, some mornings I can motivate myself to get off my ass and get to the gym at 5am. I can do it. But other days like this morning, there was just no way I was going. I just could not mentally get myself there. And I am okay with that. I'm not going to punish myself over that because in motherhood, there's just ebbs and flows and you've got to roll that, sorry, ride that roller coaster as it comes. Um, Did you have any difficulties or challenges in pregnancy with the, with like your health or anything? No, I was pretty lucky. I was with Layla. I was very sick I was literally just throwing up the whole way through so was that I, HG or you were just just nausea just like really yeah so I just I guess it made me I didn't really have a choice like I didn't want to be exercising when I was like that so I just yeah I mm. went with her yeah. Um, yeah with Zalia it was a lot easier pregnancy so that was nice it sort of made me want to do it again even though I'm not doing it again but do it again because that was easy but then she was a really tough newborn with colic so that's then scarred me so we're done (laughs) yeah no that's that's totally fair and what was your experience like with the births of the girls were they similar or different they were like weirdly exactly the same like I did both times so my birth experience was I'd like to say pretty easy stress-free which was nice like Brent and I were just there laughing and all that went after I had the epidural like just enjoying our time in the hospital so yeah, yeah didn't really have any stress they um what's the clamp thing Layla had to have the clamp okay suction thing she yeah. had that came out but um obviously epidural made everything seem much calmer and easier so 
Yeah. And I think, it's, I think we need to normalize sharing positive birth experiences. Something again, yeah. I am passionate on sharing because both of mine were totally opposite and different, but they were both positive birthing experiences. And I feel like a lot of women are listening to podcasts or like watching things on YouTube of people's heartache and, and traumatic experiences, which I understand we all is important and has its place, obviously. But the positive birthing experience would be is empowering for other mums to listen to and to know and to feel safe in in the next steps in the process that's coming up for them. I think it really allows mums to be empowered going into birth to hear I can do this and hearing you know you had an epidural now I wish I had one just because I want to know what it feels like. I just have in my head like I've said to Steve maybe we'll go again just because I want an epidural to see what happens. Not just no I know. (laughs) Going into it, I was like, I wasn't against it. I didn't know I was definitely doing that. That was just the decision. Uh, actually, when I, I – it seems like a long time ago. When I actually went in with Layla, I had really bad cramps and pains the night before, actually. That's now I remember. Went in and so I stayed at the hospital. Brent and I shared – he's a big human. We shared the single bed and slept in the hospital that night. Anyway, and then we woke up in the morning and he's like, I was still getting the pains. He's like, my obstetrician was like, I don't know actually what that is. He's like, we're just going to have to um, do it now. So that's what happened. But obviously then had the epidural and everything was fine. Mm. But I actually forgot that was my experience. But from there, that point, both births were very similar. Yeah. 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 I, the only reason I didn't opt for it was because with Jesse, we were getting married 16 weeks after. And I just had in my head, I had my dress. I'd had to fit. It yeah. cost me a little bit of money. So it's like, I am not not fitting this dress. I have work to do. As soon as this baby's out, we're on. And that's pretty much how it went. So I probably didn't do that process how I should have. I do regret going and training and doing what I did to my body then to fit a dress. But yeah, hey, yeah. I fit the dress. I got the photos I wanted. I had the best day ever. So happy with everything. <laughs> person like you, like our wedding wasn't as big like yours. We just had the little one, but I still got married. I think it was like five weeks after I had Layla. So I get, I get that. Yeah. That's just wild. That is so wild. And I remember our mutual friend Drew, um, who was, he's a PT in Newcastle for those listening. And he and I would have been training on and off for years. And every time he'd see me doing something I shouldn't have been doing after a baby, he's like, Chris, you got to back down, girlfriend. This is not good for you. Um, And then after my birth with Lola, super interesting, I had a lot of, um, it's almost like my old injuries that I might've pushed through that pain after Jesse and, um, and getting ready for the wedding and just pushed through any pain or, you know, whatever was going on with my body and it's healing. I just ignored completely. And I was able to just zone out. But after I had Lola, because Lola was a really positive birth experience again, there was no tearing, no nothing. Um, I had a lot of trauma down in that region from her, just pain. It was only pain and no one could tell me why. There was no medical reason why. It was just very painful to run, to jump, all the things. But I had no issues with my pelvic floor, technically. So I believe that that was just triggered from Jesse's birth and the damage that I might have done there and not allowing that um, part of me to heal properly. So it's just interesting that we can put ourselves in a zone to get where we want to be with a goal, right, and just like push our bodies to the brink. And that's in birthing too. We just push our bodies to the brink and then we're like, okay, what's the next task? It's crazy, but like you're just so grateful that you can exercise again when after you give birth that you just just want to go and do it all. I was like, oh, my God, this big belly, I feel like had my energy back. I was like, I'm just ready to go. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's a mental therapeutic thing as well. It's so good for our mindsets. And you lose that when you're pregnant, I guess, that 
um, that escapism with going to the gym, having that time to yourself, doing high intensity. High intensity for me is my, I flick a switch off in my head and I'm really able to just zone into that. And I love conditioning for that reason. I don't think I just do. And I lost that in pregnancies. So it was really such a mental fuck for me. And then once we have that window open again, we're like, hey, I want it again. Give it back to me. (laughs) Back doing it. So good. Yeah. So I know also that you guys got married. Was it after Zalia or Layla? After Layla. After Layla. I don't, it just sort of came about. We were like, um, so we got married, really not um, how you'd think it would happen, but we just got married. Brent's dad passed away and he's, there's a football oval in parks named after his dad, so Jock Collie Field. So we just decided to maybe three weeks or four weeks before just to go to parks, get married just with literally our families. I love that. Got married there. Like we had a we had Layla. We just wanted to be married. So mm. definitely not how I, I imagined like this big shindig and but mm. I wouldn't change it. It was like it was so special. So other than it was like 43 degrees and both our mums nearly passed out and so did Layla. But anyway, it was, yeah, it was really, it was really nice. Yeah. Did you find that there was a transitional period or season for your marriage in in having the two girls under two? And what did that look like for you? I feel like Brent and I are so strong and like we we got through it all. Like I look back at stage and I'm like, I don't know how we got through it. Like we were always fine, but like even just with Zalia having colleagues, like She'd literally just cry all night. Like Brent's in the other room. This is when we were in the apartment too. So every noise was heard. And Brent's in Layla's still sleeping in the bed. Like it was just a really hectic stage. Like, yeah, Layla was one. Zali was just born screaming. Layla sleeping in the bed. Like just a lot going on. I just don't even know how we got through. I don't know. I think you come out. Like we're through the, it's still hectic, but through the really hectic part. So, Mm. I feel like we've come out stronger, like, which is really nice. Yeah, I think we, you emotionally have some shifts and you learn more about each other through all that as well. Like if the, you've strong communicators, it makes it such a healthy way to set boundaries and create, um, I suppose, a nourishing relationship where you have that support from each other and you will come out stronger if you're able to do those things. But sometimes I think where people... I guess, fall into a big black hole of resentment and, and frustration with their partners is when they can't communicate and they're not they're not able to say, I need you to come home an hour earlier or can you give me a hand tonight with the sleep shift? Can I have tonight off? Can we ask my mum to have the kids so that we can just have a night? Like tonight, for no other reason, my stepdaughters come home tomorrow for the week and when there's four, it's busy, it's chaos, there's sports, there's four kids' different needs emotionally and physically. It's, it's full on. And Steve and I don't really see each other. We, we're in the same house. We sleep in the same bed, but we really don't get a conversation in. Um, and so tonight I've asked my mum to have the babies for the night. I'll pick them up after the gym at 6am. Like they'll be back with us, you know, when Steve's training, it'll be so nice just to have a couple of hours before we go to bed, just to talk and have a night together. And we need yeah. it. And it's okay um, to ask for that. 100%. Yeah. So mum has Layla like randomly some nights just just takes that little bit of pressure off, which is really nice. And it's hard, I guess, obviously Brent's out working for the fans, so that's all great. But, like, he's shift at the moment. He's on Arvo shift. So, you know, I'm with the kids in the night and then in the morning when I'm getting them ready for daycare or whatever, he's asleep because he doesn't get home till 2 or 3. So yeah. I can't even see him through the week. So weekends is, like, obviously family time. But that time when they go to bed, it's, like, our time. So yeah. 
indulge in a few wines and just laugh and just enjoy each other's company. I'd like look forward to that all week. Yeah, that's so, so nice. It makes it more exciting and special too. And it must like keep the spark alive a little bit, not seeing each other for that period of time. Oh, I think it does. Like it yeah. is. But at the moment, Layla not going to bed. It's like, okay, this is our time. See ya. (laughs) No, I get that. Totally do. So did you have any shifts in the relationships, so friendships and uh, I guess family in your life transition as you entered motherhood as well? I know that I experienced some disconnected relationships through that. Is that anything that you can resonate with? Like I think I was one of the last out of my friends to have kids. So I think I was lucky in a way, in that way that everyone was already like everyone was already a mum so I think definitely I've had friends that weren't mums like that would have happened but I didn't really experience it um obviously I used to go out and do all stuff with my sister a little bit more and she doesn't have kids so we obviously don't get to do that to the same degree but hopefully she'll be pregnant soon so that will but um yeah no I haven't I didn't really experience that so much yeah yeah I think that it's it's interesting who you gravitate to, to as well when you become a mum. You obviously, if someone else is a mum, it's like, oh, let's be friends. Like straight yeah. off the bat, you're like, how old? <laughs> Do you drink wine? <laughs> I was like, oh, this person messaged me and she's like, that's so weird. You've never spoken. And I'm like, it's not weird. Like it's just mums, like you've got stuff in common. It's it's not weird, but to maybe someone that's not a mum, it is weird. But yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you have any tips, a couple more questions, but um, do you have any more tips for keeping the marriage spark alive? Wine. Wine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like obviously weekends are family time, so the kids are there and it's just our spark. I reckon that seriously having a couple of glasses of wine together on a Saturday night, it's just like the time when we talk and laugh and I just feel good for the week again kind of thing mm-hmm. I didn't have that definitely motherhood would feel harder I think yeah I get that yeah, yeah. absolutely I think I was probably overindulging in wine I shared on my Instagram today actually Ugh. last year I was definitely overindulging in yeah. having too much daily it got to the point where it was daily just by habit and I didn't mean yeah. to it was just one to two a day and then it was three to four sometimes and then you know before you know it you're drinking a bottle of wine tw- two to three times on a weekend it's like fuck that can't be good um and it's yeah. not because you're clouded and you don't have clarity and you yeah. feel disorientated and you can't be productive and then you're snappy and moody and I'm just I just don't need that kind of energy in my life so I know that I need to cut it yeah. I definitely that lot like just one or two like mm. you know bath time used to really be my hard time with both of them like yeah. it just really struggled with that so I'd always have a glass of wine for the bath time just to get me through because Brent's yeah. not here yeah. then but then I just now it's like I only drink have a couple of glasses on weekend no drinking through the week just because yeah can't do life properly yeah yeah oh absolutely I totally understand like um I'm hungover today. I had a fourth glass of wine with dinner last night and I'm fucking hungover and I'm not okay with that. I had all these things I needed to do and it like my husband had to drag me out of bed with coffee under my nose physically like, Chris, you got to get up. I'm going to work. You have got to go, babe. Like, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm coming. I just have a headache. Well, my poor- not sleeping at night. Like she's been up every night till like 10 o'clock, just sitting there like riding her bikes around the lounge room, everything. Fuck. And I'm just, I want wine, but I'm not doing it. I'm not yeah. doing it. it's so much easier to just do it and then sometimes yeah we just get too excited I think we want to relax more and more and more and then suddenly we're a bottle deep and it's that's not good for anyone (laughs) 
like before kids, I don't reckon I would ever drink through the week. Like it's definitely a mum thing. Definitely. Mm. Oh, I know. I wouldn't drink unless I had something on. Like yeah, now yeah. it's kind of like what time in the day is it? Is 4 p.m. too early? Or what yeah. reason do I have to have my glass of wine? So I get that totally. Yeah. Um, of the challenges that you faced in parenting that you would really want another mama to know or someone that's pregnant. So your sister falls pregnant. What's something that you think is really important that she knew? I definitely like the biggest thing you get so much advice. And I found that like when I was pregnant with Layla, like I know everyone's just trying to help, but I found it really overwhelming and it actually made me really anxious. Even when you have a newborn, you, I know like advice is good, but you know, some people just share too much advice and you're getting advice from 50 million people. So just my advice, like just do it your way. And like your gut tells you how to do it and what's right. Like just try not take little bits from people, even like, at the hospital, like the midwife, everyone's giving you all this information and different information. So I found that tough. Even Brent, we are just lying there going, this lady just told us this about breastfeeding and bottles and, yeah, I found that overwhelming. So just trust your gut, I guess. Like that's a big one. Yeah, I love that. What else? Um, maybe don't, like I wanted to be pregnant, so it took us a year to fall pregnant with Layla um, and I wanted to be pregnant so bad. Like Brent wanted it, but I really wanted it. But then I just hated pregnancy and I used to feel guilty for hating pregnancy so much when it was something that I wanted, but I just really, really don't like being pregnant. Mm. So I feel really guilty. I guess that's your mum guilt sort of coming in. So maybe just yeah. don't, yeah, don't beat yourself up about things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's my. <laughs> no, I really like that. I think for me as well, I didn't enjoy pregnancy. So it was like really frustrating yeah. that I, I wanted the baby. I wanted to be pregnant. I wanted to start this family and I wanted this newborn, but it was like, I fucking hate pregnancy so much. I, I hate the control that I don't have over my body. I hate the changes. I hate not having energy. Um, you know, well, it just wasn't an enjoyable process for me. And my pregnancies were actually were quite good. I, I had all the nausea and things like that and little things here and there with pains and stuff and Braxton Hicks and yeah. um, what, what what's it called? Um, uh, indigestion. Oh, yeah. I had indigestion. I'd never had indigestion. <laughs> me neither. Sleeping problems. Like I just couldn't, like I know everyone goes through it, but I just couldn't sleep. Like it was torture. I used to have Gaviscon, a bottle of it next to the bed, and I'd wake up through the night and just skull Gaviscon, and then I'd feel sick because I skull, oh skulled Gaviscon. Oh, my God. I used to, like, because I'd never had indigestion either, and then I went through that. And Gaviscon was all of a sudden sold out. It was that stage where you couldn't get it. I don't know what happened. You couldn't get it anywhere, and I'm just, like, looking in so much pain. Like, it was sold out at supermarkets everywhere for, like, two months. Stop. I didn't even hear about that. That is torturous. I am not into that at all. Oh my God. Now I just want to digress before you go into something that I think is really important that we talk about. That is your Dancing with the Stars Newcastle. Tell me all about this. What made you want to step so far out of your comfort zone and get into this? Okay. So Stars of Newcastle, for those that don't know, pretty much we are given like just say three, four months to practice with a professional dancer. Um, and then we perform on stage at the Civic Theatre in front of, I think it holds maybe 2,000 people, which is very overwhelming. Um, <laughs> definitely stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, it's all raising money for the Cancer Council. So I guess a cause close to a lot of people's heart. My heart, I lost my cousin that was eight from cancer and I've had a few friends 
that thankfully got, got through it, but um, definitely been affected personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew when I was taking it on, I already had a lot on my plate and didn't quite know how I was going to do it and still thinking, geez, I'd really have a lot on my plate, but yeah. going to do it and I'm doing it. So we've started dance practice. I started maybe a month and a half ago. So my dance studio is Maxi Jazz and Abby's my partner. We got aerial, so everyone's got a different genre. Oh. I aerial silks. When I opened that, I was like, what even is that? And they're like, think pink, you know, hanging from the sky. I was like, oh, my God, how? Like, this isn't just me bopping around the stage. This is actually a skill. Oh, my um, goodness. So that's my genre. It's like I had practice on Monday and I still can barely move my arms. Like, I'm in agony. Oh. Um, but it's so fun. Um, so, yeah, and just raising money the goals to aim I did have 5,000 but now I'm over that so now I'm going to 10. Oh, so congratulations I, that's awesome Jackie. Thank you so as much money as I can but 10's my like real goal I think I'm up to nearly seven now um the exchange is my major sponsor so thank you and they have donated two grand so that's helped. Yeah amazing. Um, but yeah 10 that's my aim so I've still got three months so we'll do a couple of fundraising events and things like that which are in the works to raise a bit more money but yeah awesome I'll put the um I will put the link to um that account to that GoFundMe in the um this episode for anyone that wants to donate you can um so talk to me about the process of like behind the scenes I suppose so you're going to this dance studio do you is it a couple of hours a week like how much time are you investing we did on Monday um we did three hours which is why I can't move um and it's like hanging like it's really full on I'll share you share the (laughs) it's hectic um so we did three hours this week it starts like with less hours it was two last week you know two um but as you get closer we do a couple of times a week so it'll be like three lessons a week you know nice, so it's yeah. a bit of time and effort but obviously it's finance for a good cause so yeah. yeah that's amazing well I'm so excited to see the final result it'll be so cool <laughs> I have more risk of like falling from the sky than anyone else because everyone else is dancing on the floor so I'll be very happy when I walk off that stage and I haven't fallen <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness and do you get to see what the other contestants are doing or is it all like closed doors like I know all their genres and everyone's been posting on their stories, like their practices, but no one will see the full thing until the night. Oh, so exciting. It'll be so much fun. I can't wait to see it. Well, thank you, Jackie, for coming on the podcast today. I am so excited to share this episode with everyone just to hear your experiences and your season of life through motherhood and relationships and all the things. So it will be um, up in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon. 